Uh, good morning, everybody. The month of Iyar. Yes, I forgot to fix this, this puppy. Uh, the month of Iyar, Baruch Hashem, is sponsored by the Sternbergs and the Krams and Schaffners and the Feigenbaums. And this week is sponsored by um, the memory of Ezra ben Simchalea on his first year tight, husband of Shoshana Dabush and father of Leora Ashman and Natan Dabush. Wow, I can't believe it's a year and he made Neshama have an Aliyah. Ezra Hashem. All right, Achim Yekarim, we started a Gevaal Perek last week. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be back in this. Perek, if I'm not mistaken, Zayn, Nachon? Perek Zayn. If you can go to Daf Pei Aleph. Perek Zayn, Daf Pei Aleph. We began learning, the way we were learning was that the, the Piasetz Neschus Yerganeleinu was telling us that the Torah tells us a lot of things and there's plenty of things that it doesn't share with us. And the reason why is because it wants us to fill in the gaps. It wants us to use our imagination of a lot of other things that were in it, that are in morning. Are there, are there more sperm on the table? They want, it wants us to fill in the gap and use our visualization and our imagination of a lot of the other pratim, the details that the Torah did not put inside. And he said that once you do that, once your mind is more refined and you, this is how you're using your mind, he says, this is what brings to what's called hitchaskut and hitrachvut, I think was the word, and hitpashtut amachshava. That you're using your thoughts, you know, our thoughts, listen, sometimes our thoughts are, does anyone, did anyone travel really far during Shachris right now? Yeah. <laughs> Remember the story of Rabbi Levi Yitzchak where this Hasidim, they come into the base Midrash and he says, Shalom Aleichem, beginning of davening. And then when they finish davening, they said to them also, uh, Hey, Shalom Aleichem, how you doing? Right? He said, what do you mean? He's, he's like, yeah, I, you know, I did. I saw you in the beginning of davening, but you guys went to Paris. You went to <laughs> yeah. Rome. I know. In Turkey on a Oh, you were in Turkey? <laughs> it's okay. I was in, I was in Phoenix for, for a few minutes there. I got to catch myself. We all, we, we go there, so you think, but the more that I use my mind for imagining more details of the stories of the Torah, the more that my mind is filled with just more and more Kedusha and more and more sending me to the right place. Now the example that he was starting to give us yesterday, uh, sorry, look, uh, last week, look at the bottom of Pei, okay? The bottom of Daf Pei, in Perek Zion, we'll just do this really fast. The Mashal, asta bias Moshe al Yisrael He said, when you learn the Parsha and you learn the Pasuk that says, Okay, Aaron and Moshe, Moshe and Aaron came to Am Yisrael and, he, and they said, you're going to be freed. And we're like, hooray, or actually not hooray. Our response was more like, yeah, right, right? So he's saying, but eventually when the message did come across, how much of that, does, how much of that occupies your mind and space when you're learning Torah or when you're experiencing the Agada? He's saying, we know it as like a fact of history. And then we move, we move forward. He's like, Do you, did you learn Midrash? And what else was going on over there? But not just Midrash. Did you use your mind to think more about what may have happened to the, 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 the heart and soul of Yidin at that time? Like he says here, second line, Imagine when people came home and they started realizing this is true. I think this will be saw, we saw this last week. Imagine what they were thinking about. What, it's, what kind of Roshem, what kind of an impression it had on, on Yidin. And, and the questions the kids had. Okay, so we know Manishtana and we know the four children, the four sons, but think about like the, the curiosity that was taking place in children's minds and the questions that it was causing them to begin to ask. 
And he says, you know, you, you, you don't really think about these things because it's not written in the psukim. Mm-hmm. But you think Hashem gave you a cup, a mind, just to know what the psukim say? Can't be. We would never have Torah Shabbat Peh if that was, the, if that was right. What's Torah Shabbat Peh? It, it's taking imagination together with logic, together with Dvar Hashem, and building up, building up more and more and more. The more we use our mind to fill it with Divrei Torah, with different opinions of Chachamim, the different our day becomes. I'll give you a great example. Yesterday morning, I, I, I was a bris, a good f- friend of ours that actually learns with us almost every year in the Chaburah, online, Kovi Fleischman, some of you know him. Kovi is a good idiot. His, his, his son had a bris yesterday morning, I had to be in Yushalayim. I had a, like 45 minutes to kill, and I was very uh, um, presumptuous that I would find parking right in front of the Breslover bookstore. <laughs> Which reminds me, I actually, I, bought, I have five more uh, Yom Ahmadim for those that went on Friday I got yesterday. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I'll bring it on, actually I actually have it in the office, I'll, I'll take it out the next day. So I popped into Breslover bookstore, there's a beautiful new sefer there, Tvunos Ha'alacha, which takes uh, all these different topics in Shulchan Aruch and Hilchas Tefillah, and goes through all the Babish, the Tur, the, the Magen Avram, the Shulchan Aruch, Shulchan Aruch Harav, the Gra, the Ch- all the all the different Nose Kalim, and then ends off with showing how Reb Nachman learned it out in Likutei Maran. Unbelievable! I put my phone away, which was unbelievable for half an hour. Did not look at it; it was not there, and I sunk my teeth in the sugya, and, and we learned it yesterday between Chen Marev about Shomer uh, Nav, right? About um, if you should be speaking out loud, if you should be saying Shmonasra out loud, or through a whisper, or Bichlal, nothing. Just engaging, letting your mind be wrapped around with all the other tzaddikim's thoughts about things, it's not just that Bisha'at Ma'aseh, that during, while you're learning, it's, you're, you're having Hitchaskut HaMachshava. A little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. My day was completely different. Last time I got to sit and learn like that, I remember. Just different. Just mitrachev, mitpashet. So he's saying over here, when you learn the story of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, you know what you, you know what's available to you? Not just that you know the story better, but you can take it and fill your mind with so many more additional holy thoughts if you allow yourself to entertain what, may, what else may have happened other than what the Torah says. Not against chas v'shalom, what the Torah says, what else may have happened as well? He's going to give a great example over here. Pay, a, pay Aleph on the top. Ah, we know this pasuk. Famous pasuk, the beginning of Shmos. What does he say? He says, they, bitter, they embittered our lives with, with you know, straw, bricks, all these different things that we had to work really hard with, right? Parech, avodas parech. Lo et abinyanim ayu tzrichim amitzrim achzarim. You think the Egyptians actually used any of the buildings that Yidin built, aside from taking Jewish babies and sticking them in it? Did they need it? They didn't need it. They just, they just wanted to torture Am Yisrael. Their aspiration was to bitter our lives. What is Badulahim? You know, they just came up with it. They didn't... We think, no, 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 they were building a city. The city is Pito and Ramses. Pito and Ramses were nothing. It wasn't a city. It was nothing. It was just L'Shem torturing in. Stop and think about that for a second. Ah, I'm thinking about that now. I'm going more into the heart and mind of a Yid. Now I start asking myself, did they know that it was for nothing? While they were building it? I don't know. Let me think about that. You understand? The Machshav is getting wider. 
longer. I, it puts me more into the story of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. The fourth line, sorry, not just these two cities, after every single thing that they did, they would start to like check and see and medactic and investigate how much they did and whatnot. And it was all for nothing anyway. You know what kind of sick mind games these were? Chazal say that the mind games that were played on Yidin and the men were much worse than the Avod HaKasha B'chomer B'l'v'nim. Chomer B'l'v'nim, if I'm strong, I can make it through the day. But after I make it through the day and then I realize this was absolutely for nothing, that, that's when you broke. That's when you broke. So, okay, we're going deeper into the story. V'tziyas Mitzrayim. Chayav shel ha'ivri hefker hayu yoter mi'chayei kol behemah v'chayav, the B'yasetzner says. The life of a Yid was more hefkered than the life of any animal or beast. The Midrash says, what a sick thing they did to us. They used to send us places and say, what you have to do now is go and bring back lions and bears. You know this Midrash? What a crazy Midrash. This is part of the Avodah's Parach. Go and bring us lions and bears. But the whole mitzvah of them being in Mitzrayim was complete hefker. Any, even the most filthiest low-life Egyptian, The Midrash fills us in the gap. He says, you know that any chutz of the... Any, any Egyptian, what status he is. You see, when we see pictures of World War II, what do we see? Who, 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 yeah, yeah. But who's cutting the payas? Royal, respectful, noble, royal, German royalty. Do you know how many things were happening of, of the most filthiest, lowest German that in front of the Yid, he also felt like he was the Gvir? So then you have to go into the story a bit more. The same thing over here in Mitzrayim, the filthiest, lowest Egyptian kid, Chatzof. During, during that time, the years, all the the two hundred and ten years. Saying, no, well, the, the, oh, 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 is this safer? No, this is before the war. So it's almost like he was prophesying. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of instances you could say. Mamash, someone once did a avoda on this. He's saying, forget Eish Kodesh. That we know was written nineteen thirty nine, forty, forty one, forty two. He says, but this, you know, this, this sefer Avnei Machshav Tovin. These were all before. So one sefer is most optimistic sefer is Derech Hamelach. It's interesting, the parish on the Chumash is not, you don't find any of that. Here you do, it's very good what you're saying, everything. Here you do see, like, yalla guys, get into the picture. There's much more going on than meets the eye. Even if the Yid, at the time of Mitzrayim, was, like, was much more heroic, he had to tolerate and suffer any little, any little punks. Uh, chutzpah. It's almost like what we see today here with, these, with our cousins. They're just the kids. Oh, the kid! I saw yesterday footage of 12, a, 13, 14 year old kids. Younger, I saw a seven year old kid taking all the flag and flag. Yeah, yeah, and you have to suffer. I saw the other one. Do you take that flag? I saw one of those yesterday. Yes. Yeah, Shimon Shimon Atzadik. I know those kind of kids. He used to live there. Good. 
כי מי הוא אשר יעין לעמוד נגד מצרי אשר בידיהם חס ושום לחלוס אז כולם כרגע. ומי מן העברים אשר לא היה שבור ומשובר ידיו רגליו או שער מן עצמותיו. We think, you have to stop for a second. Think about the Yidin in Mitzrayim. You know what you would see? You would see not just a bunch of Yidin working hard, you'd see people with broken legs, broken arms, broken noses, broken necks. You'd see that, that's what you'd see walking around uh, uh, Mitzrayim of, of them. העבודה קשה בעצמה שהעמיסו על כל אחד יותר מכוחו שברה אותם. וגם ההכאות אשר הכו אותם הוסיפו לשברם ולכסותם מכות ופצעים עד הבאי שריכם. You know what that means, הבאי שריכם? It's figuratively speaking, meaning, yeah, הבאי שריכם in modern Hebrew means until they were, until they were rotting. But here it means until they're, they're, they're physically, they were, they were rotting. They were rotting. Just like a stench, a smell. They were physically so broken that they felt, you know what? You know what? Maybe he's right. Yeah. Meaning, they smelled themselves and they smelled brokenness and that mamish about on the gamre. They smelled how broken they were. Right? Havanit chakmalo. Right? Bayomu valayla. Remember the Pesach says, Havanit chakmalo penir be. Let's outsmart them. They may become more. When the Midrash says, in day and at night, becholet u lechol sha'a. Rak pitgam machrit zeya shagur befiem. This is what was always in their mouths and their minds of these Rishoyim, day and night, no matter what's going on, we're here to lead Chakem Lo. You know who this reminds me of? Mengele, Yemach Shema Vezichra. He says, you know how much time was invested in seeking how the torture could be most effective? They spent a lot of time in this in Egypt, right? It's like, this is the only thing they had to do. There was nothing, there was no a nine to five, there was no chinuch of their own children. Their whole mitzvah was figuring out the deepest, darkest ways to torture us. That's all their purpose was. Mina mitzvah yechidi, the individual Egyptian, and all the people of Mitzrayim. And if it happened in a time, and the work was more difficult, they didn't have to do it, and if time passed and they couldn't stop, they couldn't figure out new techniques, <laughs> how to get more, you know, right? He's like, okay, I can't come up with a darker way or a more sophisticated way of torturing you. How many hours were you working today? 19 and a half? Let's make it 20. So they, just made, they just made it harder, whatever their current avoda was. Now they'd ask AI. Like we know, the Gemara and Sota tells us, they would put men's work on women, women's work on men. So the Shaila, of course, is, why, why is that considered hard for a man to put a woman's workload on a man? Lo aleinu. Shelo neida. We're talking sick stuff. Next page. Gam tzipor matza bayit udror kenla. Dover HaMelech says in Tehidim, a bird found a home, uh, uh, dror kenla, she found a, uh, a nest, 
כן. אשר בהם תלונה, where the bird can find, can find refuge and, and, and rest. אבל בן ישראל, אחר כל עבודתו המרה, מעת קביעת הגבר, ואחר הכאותיו ושבירת עצמותיו כל היום, לא נתנוהו ללכת הביתה לנוח. רק בשדה ילין. After that whole day's work, you would say, okay, at least I knew there was a bed waiting for me, a pillow waiting for me, שום דבר. Where are you going to shluf? Find some hay. Find some hay here. Find some grass, that's, that's at least... That, that's, that's where you go to sleep. רק בשדה ילין, שמוס רבי, the midrash says. ויחומר לו לקר ועתית לכסת. The straw, and, and the... the um, how do you say the chalana? The, um, basically, it means here... Mortar, yeah? Huh? Mortar? Mud. Mud, yeah, the dirt. Like, you know, however he could find a way to... You see these chavres sometimes, and the Ben Yehuda, sometimes you see them. It's less now. It used to be when I was younger, if I go to the Midrachov, I'd see people I'm just lying down in a certain corner um, trying to find a place to put their head in. Homeless people. Actually, I'm, from what I've been told, L.A. is like fully like this right now, especially the area that I live in, that I used to live in. Anyway, you see, this is what, this is what every yid was like back then. So, when we say every Shabbos morning, Yismach Moshe Mimat Naschelko, what are we referring to? What's the chilek of Moshe Rabbeinu? Shabbos. Why? Because remember, the Midrash tells us, this way we have to fill in the gaps. He went to Paro and he said... Why, but, but, but why did he say, how did he work it out? He said, they'll work much, he said, you, and he probably said, based on this, you could probably become much more sophisticated with people that have a little bit more koach to become more warped. He did a total nitchak malo. And he got him. He got him. He got him. He got him. Shabbos. But he's saying, until that happened, he's going to say, no one even knew their own children because they never used to see them. He says like this, third line from the bottom of this paragraph, Rabim mehemet b'nehem lo yadu v'lo b'nehem otam. Their children didn't know their parents, parents didn't know their children. Ki met miftan beitam zmanim rabim lo darchu. They never, they wouldn't, they wouldn't even, even have this concept of coming back to the tent or the home or wherever they lived. Rak basadeh, b'chomer b'lvenim b'bizyonot, redifot v'akot et kol yemei chayem balu. Do you know how many psukim and shmos we just covered? Maybe two. I'm not kidding. Do you understand what the PSS just is doing with us? This is maybe two psukim. Maybe. So of course, when, when you dig in and you're learning Midrash, and what, you know, we're learning more with Ein Yaakov, we're filling in such important pieces to get our minds to be much more surrounded and infused with, 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 with the actual story. Now, right now, what, how's your machshava going regarding feeling Pesach or feeling, you know, when you're going to say tomorrow's, or you say Shabbos, Echel, Etzias, Mitzrayim? Or the next time you say Shema? The next time you say the Parsha of Tzitzis? Right? It's a different story, Nachon? Mamash. Different story. He continues. Et gufam shel bnei Yisrael hitchakmu nechashim hanochlim kol kach lifrok ulechatet vegam et rucham לפלור. לב האכזרים לא נשבע מזה שהיו נמאסים ביניהם מעבודת תית ולבינים, רק עוד הוסיפו לעשות את בני ישראל אשר כאצילים באו לארץ לתעתעי שווקים ורחובות. 
בזויים ושפלים היו ישראל ביניהם, ואף את דתיהם התאולות אשר להם מאבותיהם הקדושים היו מבזים. אה, גרמני, ממש. What did he just say in this paragraph? He said, do you remember how we came down to Egypt? How did we come down to Mitzrayim? מכובד? Very. Are you kidding? Very. Tradition? מסורת? Yehuda was set up the yeshiva. Yaakov had him set up the yeshiva. Were they learning מסורת? Whatever Torah we had back then? 100%. And did we live mamish like Malchus? Yes, because Yosef set the whole thing up. And Paro of the time was very helpful in that matter. נכון? How does, what does it say in the beginning of Shmos? Vayakom melech chadash al mitzrayim asher lo yada et Yosef. So then that's the beginning of, I don't know about this Hashem that you're talking about. I don't know about this Malchus. Do whatever you want to do. It's meaningless. There's no covet for it. And, and lo and behold, he says, just a few generations later, people that came down to Mitzrayim, noble, noblemen, right, became metateish vakim urechavot. They became... Uh, street, street, street sweepers, sweepers you know street sweepers all these different decrees came one after the other right after one decree left another second or third one came in think right now what the Yid what he thought about the world And about what, Hashem, about what Hashem may have thought, thought about him. The fact that we didn't fully give up on the Besorah of Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov is shocking. Shocking. Shocking that Moshe Rabbeinu had anyone to work with. It's shocking that Moshe Rabbeinu even had. You know, well, we could say, well, God did appear to him in a burning bush, right? But it's shocking. The whole thing's shocking. Mama, shocking. But so I want to say like this, as shocking as that is, you and I are all children and grandchildren of survivors. Even if you're from the African countries, Ke'ilu there, it was all peachy and all harmony. And Malasot, it's just that the six million took the focus, rightfully so, of the last door. But slowly, slowly, more and more stories are coming out of what it was like to live in northern Africa and in places like Iraq and Iran and all these other places and the, the bizayon with which they were, fled, they were exiled from their homes and fled here. Horrible stories. Russia. I mean, Stalin killed more people than Hitler. I saw the numbers actually last night. I could not believe it. I could not believe that 20, I think the number was 20 million in Russia. So this is great during World War II we're talking about. In World War II, I saw last night, it's, I, I read the numbers at 80 million in, in all of World War II, the, everything that was happening. It seems a little bit exaggerated to me, but these are things we can't even, we can't even process. But... Again, to go back to the story that the Piyasetzner is leading us to, what did he think about himself? Le'inei second line again, le'inei Israeli, in the eyes of a yid, ki'ilu chashchu shamayim me'orav. I see there's a sun up there, but it's just an illusion, really. It's just utter darkness. That's all it is. Ve'l'aretz yabit ve'inei tzara a'ima chashecha va'afila al-bilti neso. I'm looking up, I see black. I look down, I see black. Harish'a asher b'chol ha'olam, All the darkness that existed in the whole world all made its way to Mitzrayim to give it to the Yidin. That's what they felt. But you know what? We've had that feeling many times. Many times. I feel that the Sheker, the whole Sheker of the whole world 
has come and put its eyes and focus on Am Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael today. Today, the Sheker of the world said, let's focus right now. Oh, they're shechting tons of Syrian children. That's whatever, that's, put it on the side. It's Israel, right? So all the, that's how I feel. The Sheker of the world is all, Kulam Come, put it on the Amis. We've, we've had this experience before, but the Yid back then was really under the assumption that any evil that exists in the world made its way to Mitzrayim to torture me. That's what he felt. And they were working so hard, almost succeeding in fully breaking a yid. So when, he, when, when Paro was feeling good, so he'd come in decrees, horrible decrees, so that he could have pleasure in the Simcha away from the Tzaras of the Yidin. And, if, and then he gets, like we see, he gets, he gets patched and he gets Tzaras. Then they had this hope, okay, I love this language. It's, it's great language if you know Hebrew. Maybe the murderous Aurel uh, his heart will a little bit fortify, a little, little bit, you know. No. He, no, when he, got, when he got pushed to the corner in suffering, what did he start to decree? Okay, tomorrow morning, you're shechting, killing 150 Jewish babies in the morning and 150 Jewish babies at night. Why? To have a mikvah. To have a mikvah in the morning, mikvah at night. In the, to, to mikveh himself in the blood of pure angels, Malachim Torim Elu. Shomu Shamaim Beaidu Alo Meaz Bara Shemet Aulam Atem. Beal Kol Malale Ishmi Marom Tabitu. Haimach Zariut Nora Kazot Kvareitam. Did you ever see such cruelty? Where are you, heavens and earth? Where are you giving? You know what he's doing. He's doing a take here on Parsha Sa'azino, right? So it's very interesting. He's saying, Where are you, heavens and earth? If everyone else can't say anything, you see it all. You see it all, heaven and earth. Where's your screaming? Meaning he's going to the into the mind of a Yid that's, that's in, in Egypt. And he's saying, he's looking, he's like, where are you? Okay, the rest of the world, there's no social media. They don't know, let's say. <laughs> or even the world that does know, whatever. They have their agendas. But what about you, rest of creation? Where's your, where, where's your voice? When did you ever see this before? He's saying... When did you, when did you, world, when did you ever see such a thing before? Ve'at, this is to the heavens is what he said, now he's talking to the land. Ve'at, Eretz, ech ze te'ot lechol ra v'rasha asher yeshket et dameinu me'az. How could you still exist and how could you contain this on your land? This type of bloodshed. Lama ze lo tikara ve'titporer kulech. How could you not, uh, he's saying, if all this is happening on the earth, as if the earth has emotions, saying, earth, how could, you, how could you allow this to happen? How come you're not uh, dispersing? 
titporer, uh, crumbling. Liot matzar rasha, to be a platform of evil, lechol rasha v'tamun, lechol maaseh retzach el am Hashem. Eretz, al techasid ameinu. It's unbelievable. This is before World War II, is what he's saying. Eli, your, your comment's even more striking. Crazy, because... Mamish, because he says this a few years later, you know, there's a crazy... It's actually in Parshas Kedoshim. There's a crazy footnote that you see. It's also in Parshas Bo. The Rebbe writes in 1939 or in 1940 in the ghetto, he writes, the piece of the rights, what we're experiencing now hasn't happened since Churban Bayit Sheni. That's what he writes. Then you see a few years later, he crosses it out. And he says, I was wrong. Churban Bayit Sheni is nothing compared to what we're experiencing right now, 1942 in the ghetto. Am Yisrael. When word was coming back from the camps as to what was actually taking place. And they knew already in the camps. They knew word was coming back. Oh, when he did the first note. First before, note before the before he knew about itchil, the camps. Itchil. It was the starting then. So he's like, okay, it's it's pretty bad. <laughs> we haven't seen Tzadik since since Bayit Rishon, and then you see he crosses it out. It's crazy, crosses it out. Here he's not even talking about Bayit Rishon or World War Two. What is he talking about? Something you and I talk about every single day. Now, why is everything Zeicher Litzias Mitzrayim based on this? Because if you could still hold on to Dvar Hashem after this, you're, and that's, remember, that's, your, that's in your DNA, you can get through anything. Then Reb, then Reb Nachman's Mamish, not that he needs me or anyone to say he's right, but then Be'emes Eni Ush Ba'ilam Kla. If I'm living a life of Zeicher Litzias Mitzrayim, I'm basically living a life of there is no despair in the world. Eni Ush Ba'ilam Kla. But he wants us to get our minds more deeper. This is just three, two to three psukim in the Torah that we're covering. One more paragraph. You guys okay? One more paragraph? One more short paragraph. Hen kiblu ma'avotehem va'avotehem ma'avotehem kilo avadim shvelim hem mibeten umileida asher kol mitzvi katanu mezuam yiten alem bekolo He's saying... He's saying over here, what was most confusing, it seems to me, this is what he's saying, that the Yidin knew that we're made out of something else. This is really not the truth. Not that, forget about evil and dark. Saying, this is actually not the truth. What's happening to us, what they're doing with us, is not the actual emiss in the world. You know, any of you have ever been to Tijuana? Yes. Yeah? You know where Tijuana is? Tijuana is the Mexican border that borders with Southern, Southern California, okay? It's one of the filthiest places in the world. I cannot, as I was talking about class trips in the Aloha in the morning, I started thinking about how in the world did they take us on a Tiyush Nati to Tijuana when I was living in L.A.? I don't understand that chap for my life. Whatever, it was the 80s, things were different, I don't know. Tijuana is Sheketz, okay? It's, it's, it's filth, Sheba filth. Use your... Don't use your imagination, okay? I'm sure your Abba's been there. It is, anyone that grew up in L.A. is right there. It's much like the southern... You go down, L.A. is pretty south, then San Diego, right? Keep on going south, then a bit more south, you're right there. So if you would take a typical Tijuanian, okay, and, and he would be treated like this, he, it would hurt very bad, but he'd probably feel... I guess this is just who I am. This is, I don't know any. No one ever told me I come from anything else. I don't feel like I'm... 
anything, anything else should be different. A Yid went through this torture. He's like, but this doesn't add up. Like Yidin, and they were getting their, their payas and beer chopped off by the Germans. Mengele taking them in for the horrible... And what, what, what was the most confusing part of it? Not just how could evil exist, but that this isn't the emes. This is not emes. It's not really who we are. This is not us. This is what messes mentally with the mind. So the Egyptians were mentally messing with our mind, and the Mitzvah itself of what we knew who we were was also messing with our mind. When we first came down, we came down with like Zganim, we were, we, were, we were viceroys. This is what they knew about their story of Egypt. We were, Yosef was sitting at the, at, the, at the head tish. He was sitting at the dais. He was the second in command. These bastards, the, my grandfather saved, saved all, these grand, all these people's great-grandparents. It's a, such a twist of MS, which was messing with their minds. They basically looked at the Egyptian and be like, do you know why you even exist? And that why your grandfather didn't starve to death? Because of my grandfather. Oh, wow. Welcome to, welcome to Parashat, welcome to two psukim in Parashat Shmot. It's unbelievable. How do we know how, how without the Midrashim, without the Chazals, we, we, and without our imagination? And I think the, I think the PSS is saying, and I'm giving you now also Rishus to go even further with it now. Now think about this more. Because a lot of the stuff that he said over here is not Midrashim. It's him it's saying... Too painful. Too painful. Well, don't worry. We could do it with good things too. Midrashim, <laughs> we will and we should. Stamert, when you hear about, I don't know, a, a, an optimistic moment in the Chumash, Yaakov meeting Rachel. So it's a little bit hard because the, the tears and everything, but fill in the Midrashim, fill in the Agadot, there's a lot of beauty, there's a lot of beauty there. Yitzchak meeting Rivka. Fill in the blanks, yeah. Right, he's... Like, He's thinking, yeah. And the story is, they, they were by the Magid, right? And the Magid is saying, suddenly they hear, they look, Zusha fainted, Mom is straight down on the floor. And then it took him a while to wake him up. He wakes up and he looks at them, and, he, and they say to him, are you okay? He's like, are you guys okay? He's like, what do you mean? Did you hear what the Magid said? Hashem, Hashem, spoke. To Moshe. <laughs> right? <laughs> He's fill, he basically filled in the machshava big time, right? But over here, Yosef's not here. No one that ever did a taiva for an Egyptian's here. There's only one thing going on. Only one thing to oppress us and to shecht us. Now, on Wednesday, we'll see. Now we're going to, don't worry, it's, it's, it's actually, we're going to go to the place where, but it's important to do this too. Very important to do this too. <coughs> because when, you only fulfill the geula much more when you realize how bad it really was. And Rav Drukman, Allah Shalom Zatzal, has a whole mimer about the pain that he saw in the next generation of Yidin that were born into an Eretz Yisrael that exists 
and start having conflicts with Yom Atzmaut, not not because of uh, Ashkafa, but just because they don't know what was what was going on here just seventy five years ago. They don't realize what it was like to be a yid in the world that had nowhere to go to. They're going. They're born into a mitzvah of Eretz Yisrael and all of its problems. But when you know what was going on before, so the problems seem much, they take up much less space, right? So for us to understand the geula of Zeichel Etzias Mitzrayim, we have to, we have to you know, go through this for our hitrachvuta machshava. And Be'ezrat Hashem will do the same thing also with the Simcha of leaving Mitzrayim and leaving all any gullus that ever existed in the world. Shkoyach. Uh, and